Right on. Josh Sweet. Martin. Martin Built Homes. Martin Built Homes. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, before we dive in, I'm going to do a share a little story for some context for okay. the audience. What triggered uh, me reaching out to you and saying, hey, I want to I want to peel back a few layers and pick your brain a little bit. But for everybody listening, Josh and I go, well, we go way back. I'm trying to think when those BNI days, Yeah, it's been years at least. Yeah. You know, five, six five, years. Five, six years, I yeah. guess. Yep. And uh, I ran into you at the gym a few weeks ago, yep. and I literally didn't recognize you, which is significant because I've known you for... I mean, you've been to my house, you know, we've, we're, yeah. we know each other, yeah. um, which got me, you know, kind of got my gears turning and, and how excited I am for this conversation. Uh, you know, cause really what I'm enjoying doing with the chasing greatness podcast is having conversations with people that inspire me. And we were talking about it a little bit, you know, off camera, but kind of this idea of holistic health and holistic greatness. And it's been fun because we have the benefit of social media. So even though, you know, we don't directly talk as much as we used to, mm. it's been fun to see your business thriving, your family life thriving, and, you know, hanging out with your kids. Your wife is crushing it. I just saw recently on yeah. Facebook, I, she won a CrossFit competition or something. Yeah, or yeah, podium. Here in Durango, yep, yeah. She got first place? Yeah, yeah, it was an intermediate class, the medium, the... Uh, Middle class, I guess you could call it. But it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. But it seems to me, and, and I, it's where I'd like to start, because, you know, I, I, like I said, I've, I've known you for years, and it seems like there's been some really, really positive, and I don't even know if change is the right word for it, but positive evolution or positive, mm-hmm. you know, momentum in most aspects of your life. To, to paint the picture better for me, has there been... Like, was there a a moment that sort of, you know, triggered some significant change or have you been on this trajectory forever? And I just finally started noticing that you're all lean and fit now. And, you know, yeah, I think, I think a little bit of both. So I've always been like a personal development or self help junkie, or I shouldn't say always, I left, I worked in a coal mine for four or five years. That was in like mm, 2000. 10 2011 I, I i don't think i worked there quite four years but anyhow my wife bought me a book think and grow rich it was a condensed cassette version from the thrift store and i started reading to that sucker and it just i quit my job a week later wow honestly. i was like this you know i don't i knew i didn't want to be in a coal mine forever either i was still a, a framer by trade but during the recession things got a little bit tough i think i probably went to work there around 2009 you know housing market wasn't doing good so I went to work in the coal mine so I could finish building my house. And um, anyhow, when she bought me that book, ever since that point, I, you know, I was kind of a changed man going in that direction. But I, I almost became a junkie. Like I would listen to podcasts, you know, three a day. And I would read books or listen to books. But it kind of became like after a while, I almost got jaded to it. Like I've heard it. I've seen there. I've heard it. But um Probably, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Miracle Morning. I have not by Hal Elrod. Uh-uh. Um, he lives in Austin, also. Like we were talking about Austin a minute ago, but he wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And my wife actually, she loves um, Hal Elrod. You got to read it. Basically, he talks about a really simple morning routine. Um, the acronym is Savers. I won't go into that, 
But um, kind of my wife started doing that, Miracle Morning, and talked about how great it was, and I read it. But I started doing this morning routine, which um, I still try to do a version of that morning routine to a degree. I don't get everything done. But what that caused me to do was some really deep work. You know, basically part of it is, you know, you want to silent, you want silence, you know, meditate, prayer, um, uh, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading. You know, you try to fit all that within an hour. I, now I go deeper, and if I do everything, it takes me two hours. Yeah. You know, um, but as I did that, and as I, I kept coming to the <clears throat> um, realization that health was like the key to everything hmm. for me. Like I had these big dreams. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to become a millionaire or I wanted to, you know, hike. I love the outdoors, um, as you know, and I wanted to spend time with my kids in the outdoors and I wanted to, you know, do certain things. So no matter what I did, no matter what I wrote, no matter what I journaled, like it just came down to health. So Physical health? Yeah, physical health. Uh, more than anything, you know, um, and even though like my business was kind of up and down or whatever, so that kind of like I would visualize myself walking on the beach in Mexico with my wife with a six pack or whatever. Like I would literally just sit there and think about that. Right. And um, I don't have a six pack yet, but you can actually start seeing my abs, which, you know, I, I went from the year, you know, I've been married 25 years. I went from 200 and probably 215, 220, about what I am now, to probably 250 in the first year I was married. So I haven't seen my abs for, you know. For 24 20, years. 25 years. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so, you know, it's been really exciting. But that, it, no matter what I did, no matter any journaling or whatever, I'm like, i got to get healthy, you know. And um, kind of around that same time, um, I would say it was probably pre-COVID a little bit. Um, my wife started working out a lot and, um, she was going, we, well, we both did, um, what are they called? P90X. Yeah. We did that a couple of times at the house. And then, um, she started going to like a spin class a couple of days a week and she would go at five 30 in the morning. And I thought she was crazy, you know, and it's kind of funny. Like my wife, <clears throat> she's never given me a reason not to trust her ever. In fact, twice, I think I could probably count for sure on one hand, maybe twice since we've been married has I have I heard her say that another guy is hot. Right. right? Like she never even says it. Every once in a while. But anyhow. And if she says it, he's I, probably really yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one guy was the trash man, which is kind of funny. You know, I was like, that's random. She's like, yeah, the trash man's kind of cute. But anyhow, um, um, I couldn't handle her going to the gym by herself. Like I was like, well, what if there's another guy there? or whatever, you know, probably my own trust issues or whatever. But, and I also didn't feel like it was right for her to be getting out of bed. You know, I'm like, what kind of man am I? Mm. If my wife's getting out of bed at four 30 in the morning to be at spin class at five 30 in the morning. So I started going to spin class with her and we did that for a year during COVID. We actually took our spin class, our spin class had to go outside of the rec center cause they wouldn't let us do it inside. And, like, we had a good coach who was like, let's do it. Like, it doesn't matter. So we'd be at, outside in the middle of the wintertime at 530 in the morning, you know. Social distance. Yeah, and yeah. And I'd be pissed off, like, every morning. I'm like, who does this? Right. Who gets out of bed at 430 in the morning 
you know. You and, do. And now I very seldom sleep past 5 or 5.30, you know. But at that point in my life, I was like, this is dumb. Um, but anyhow, that's kind of what got, got me started. But At what know. point did it transition to, you know, because I – and I think a lot of people can relate to that aspect of the journey mm-hmm. of, you know, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're, we're waking up at 4.30, we're putting in the work outside or whatever. And maybe it never has, but it, it, I'm curious, at what point did it start to turn into uh, less of a drag and, and maybe even go so far as to say that you started to enjoy, you know, the, the pursuit of physical, of physical health? Did it ever kind of transition for you to where it became fun or enjoyable? Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, really almost immediately, like I would wake up and I would be pissed off that I was there. But, you know, by the end of the the class I went to, I was, I would leave, be leaving in a peak mind. Yeah. Thinking just like you said, I'm the one who's here. I'm the one who's up exercising when no one else is. Yeah. You know, I'm the one who's already, you know, started my day. I'm in a peak mind and I'm ready to go, you know, and, and it just built from there. I I remember the first day that I got, or the first week I, I was like, I worked out five times this week, you know, and how like extreme, I really thought that was, you know, I'm like, this is crazy. I worked out five times, you know, and same thing now that's, that's kind of a bare minimum. You know, I work, I do something every day, five to six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, you know, we'll, we'll go for a walk or a hike on Sunday or whatever, you know, but, um, I think just, you know, seeing results, the results were slow as well. You know, it wasn't a lot of magic pills, you know, just, they don't make them I hear people, it's funny because you know how I ran into you and, and so I'll run into people all the time who don't recognize me and they're like, well, what'd you do? You know, and they all want to know the hack. And I tell them, I don't know if you want to know. It's, you know, it's been two or three years of hard work and working out and ups and downs and gaining weight and losing weight and really just sticking to a, you know, I'm a fast gainer. So I, I can gain 10 pounds in a weekend of being, you know, footloose and fancy free which i've done you know i've gone up 10 or 15 pounds and then had to lose it again so it's just hard work it's almost like uh have you heard the expression that uh self-care is a discipline not a luxury yeah and it's almost like you have the you're self-aware enough to know that the benefits outweigh the cost and you have to just simply show up like disciplined early on to know, like, I'm going to keep going. And I love the idea of uh, the fact that your wife was kind of the driving factor, you know, early on and getting yeah. out of bed. Because I'm the same way. Like, I, I would not be able to see, you know, I would not be able to stay in bed if my wife was out getting after it. Yeah. Which, thank goodness for, yeah. you know, strong relationships. and Because uh, that's been, you know, again, like, through social media, it's been cool because it's been clear that that's been a shared journey yeah you know and and something that you guys have have kind of done together Mm -hmm. do you feel like it's made that relationship stronger too like having kind of even if it's just having a shared activity but I also feel like there's probably some depth there to you know bettering each other together it's just really neat I think yeah yeah no huge huge benefit there and I you know I'll go back to that book the miracle morning that book changed my wife's life you know, she was the type of person that would sleep in, you know, we've homeschooled our kids, you know, 
all of them up until they're freshmen in high school. And then because of sports, they, they go to school, but she would be, you know, before that she would wake up at eight o'clock and start or nine or 10, you know, but most of the time she'd wake up at eight o'clock and she'd start homeschooling at eight fifteen or eight thirty, And her day was always kind of rough getting started. Yeah. All you know? about the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so that doing that miracle there, that morning routine, you know, was really, was really key. And she's gone, same thing. She's, you know, she's up at, you know, 3.30 or 4 in the morning, three days a week, and she's in teaching classes, and um, she's got her personal training certificate, and she's got her nutrition uh, certificate, and she's, um, her personal growth has gone uh, really well, you know, as well. So as a couple, you know, it, you know, we're like any other couple. We have our, our challenges and our, you know, our relationship woes, but, you know, I take a lot of pride in, in the fact that when we go to the gym together, which we often do, you know, people are like, Oh, there's a power couple or they, you know, they give us a hard time. And I'm like, well, we're not perfect like anyone else, but from the outside looking in, you know, that's a huge, it's a blessing. Really. It's a huge thing that we're able to, you know, we work out together two or three times a week and, um, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. I'd say it's been a huge, uh, plus for our relationship and how cool that you get to like you know kill a few birds with the same stone because yeah. you're getting some uninterrupted quality time with your spouse you're also doing something that's bettering your life also probably positively impacting the day yeah you know I, and i think it's i think it's neat to hear that because in order to accomplish that you have to intentionally choose to do it you know i think that there's a lot of relationships that do things together, but usually it's out of, I'll call it convenience. You know, it's like we have our show or we, you know, mm-hmm. drink on Fridays or, you know, whatever yeah. it is that that intentionality behind choosing what you're doing with your spouse, I think mm-hmm. adds a layer of powerful uniqueness to it um, because you're having to both choose, you know, so there's a two way street, yeah. On that side of it too. And you're choosing to do something that's difficult. I had, um, Doug Miller, Dr. Doug Miller was on the show. I talked to him two weeks ago. Um, and he, I, I'm going to butcher it when we listen back, but he basically was saying that nothing worth having comes easy. And we use the analogy of that. You have to walk uphill for, mm-hmm. you know, for, for quality outcomes. You have to, you have to do the, the hard thing. Yep. And I think it kind of relates to that idea, too, of when people are seeing you and asking you what the trick is and, you know, you have to say there is no trick. Yeah. It just reaffirms that idea that it has to be such a intentional choice. And I just think it's especially cool that you and your wife get to do it, get to do it together. And she's clearly crushing it. Yeah, yeah. No, she really she's always, you know, she's she has some really good genetics, you know, and like even after. Um, I've never known her where I couldn't see the side of her ab muscles. She's just always, she's, and I keep telling her, I'm like, honey, you got to get in the gym. I'm like, you have a really great athletic body and it's not going to be hard for you. And she walks around with a six pack all the time and everybody hates her for it, you know, but, um, but she does work hard, you know, on top of that, but no, it, it is interesting for sure. So going back to that think and grow rich book. I'm fascinated, or that's the book, right? That mm-hmm. made you yep. quit your job. Yep. I'm fascinated to hear more about that because 
you know, there, there's kind of been these themes with conversations I've had with, with people on this show of taking a risk or, you know, uh, leaping out of the comfort zone, so to speak. I want to hear more about that. What specifically triggered you to quit your job? And did you have a plan or did you, was that kind of what spurred entrepreneurship and business ownership and everything for you is well, I've always had a pretty entrepreneurial mindset. I've, mul- I've had multiple construction businesses. My brothers and I ran a framing business here in Durango in the early 2000s, and we just couldn't keep up with We ran like 25 or 30 employees, and we, ju- we couldn't handle the cash flow and the stress of running that many employees. So that business went under. But um, <clears throat> when I quit the coal mine, I went there, um, like I said, during the recession or just after the recession. And... Um, I had started building uh, a house, and like right when the market crashed, I had started building it, and then there was no work, and um, so I went to work in the coal mine, and I wasn't sure what that was going to be like, um, but a, lo- a lot of people, when you get there, they call it the golden spike. Like you know, it's a it's a crazy job. If anyone's never been underground, you should go underground. It's a really unique experience, and it's extremely high-tech, and they're probably some of the best people you'll ever meet. Um, Great pay, great benefits. Most of the guys there are making, you know, 100 grand a year, and they have the best insurance money can buy, and they retire millionaires after 20 or 30 years. I mean, it's not a bad gig, so it's a hard job to get out of sometimes, you know. So what happened is kind of two things happened. I got that book uh, from my wife. Um. And then the mine caught on fire, um, so they actually shut it down. Mm. They they closed all the portals and sealed it up, and they pump it full of nitrogen just to put out the, the fire. And um, we started doing really menial tasks. You know, they didn't really care what we did. They were basically, they would put us in our truck. They called it a man trip, and it was like 12 of us, our crew. We would jump in the truck, and we would drive to some spot, and we would hang out there for the shift. They would say, go clean up garbage over here. Well, you after a month of that, there's nothing left to clean up, and every room in the place is organized, and you know there's nothing to do. And I think it was shut down for six or eight months total. Oh, wow. So that was already hard. Like, I'm like, this is, yeah, I'm getting paid. I was getting paid like 35 bucks an hour to to do nothing. But you weren't feeling fulfilled or yeah, yeah, I was, challenged? Yeah, and the, the job was already boring anyway, so – that, that type of work is comparable to, to factory work. Once you learn your task, you know, I was a, I was a roof bolter, and I would they would make a cut, and I would go in and stick bolts up in the roof, and um, really hard work, and it was fun. But after a couple months of doing that, it's you're doing the same thing, you know, all the time. And every job like that is down there, basically. Once you learn it, it's highly repetitive. So, and because of the government regulation – there's you have to work there for four years before you can advance to like a foreman Mm. position so you can only advance so quickly anyways so your main job is just staying alive it's fairly dangerous occupation and you um you just have to stay alive and i just i was already struggling with that like i'm like this is this is horrible i'm getting dumber you know i'm not applying myself i'm not growing you know it's the same thing every day and so when I started reading that book, it just opened my eyes to a million things. And so um, I just I 
I had no construction. I'm a framer by trade. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go start my own construction company. So I just quit and started it. And um, it's been an interesting progression from there, you know. So you walked away from a six-figure job with great benefits. Yeah, yeah. To start something that really you've, I mean, you've got experience in framing, but yeah. from the, you know, this is obviously, you know, back then, but the general contracting world had to have been somewhat new to you. Yeah, no clue, no clue how to run a business at, at all. You know, like, in fact, my first job that I did, the client, um, it was a cost plus job, great clients. I'm still friends with them today, but they said, hey, um, can you give us a breakdown of, of where our money has gone? And, I, you know, talk about a deer in the headlights. I had no idea. I literally had to go back through my bank statements, you know, for a couple months and then try to decide where all the transactions went and then come up with some sort of report. I had no idea of bookkeeping. I had no idea of cost tracking. You know, it, you know, they, they call that um, like blind optimism or whatever, <laughs> right? Like you're like, yeah, and I've always been pretty ambitious and, and risk adverse, so I didn't really care. But, um, you know, for years I didn't keep books. And then I kept books on an Excel spreadsheet for years, and then I had to pay an accountant to go through my Excel spreadsheets and put all that into QuickBooks. And, and uh, you know, it's been a... That's definitely not my forte is that aspect of it. I want to hear a little, little more of your mindset behind that because I think that that's unique to take that big of a risk that confidently. Was it that you just felt or knew that you were made for more or that you weren't feeling – like what was the real – what was the driving factor behind going, I'm going to start my own job? Because I imagine you already had kids yep. at that point. yep. Safe income. Yep. Happy wife, you know, yep. great, really. Yeah, nice and, house. And yeah. So many, because the reason why I'm curious about it is I think there's a lot of people that have, they would have a tendency to go, like, this is great. Mm -hmm. The mind's shut down. We're still getting paid. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, you know, yeah, most literally the crew was put like my that. feet up. Yeah. Most of the crew was like, oh, why are you quitting? You know, this is great. We don't have to do anything. You Why'd know? you quit? Um, well, I've always been really time, like I love time freedom, just the thought of time freedom. So um, working shift work, I would miss half of my kids' uh, wrestling tournaments or peewee football games or church on Sundays, right? Like basically I missed half of everything. And so that was always really frustrating. <clears throat> um, but I, I've never liked anyone telling me when to go to work ever since I was a kid when to go to work, when to take lunch, when to go home. I've always wanted to be, go to work, you know, it's not like I want to sleep in, but I want to go to work and I want to work until the job's done and then I'll take a break and then I want to work until I get something done, you know, so, and I've just always had a really hard time with people telling, dictating when exactly to do something. So um, I just really wanted more, more freedom. You know, and it it was a struggle. Luckily, my wife has has always been really, um, you know, there's never been a time where I haven't paid the bills, you know. So she's always been really supportive of that. She also grew up in a family of of some some entrepreneurial parents too, so that's helped her out. But 
um, you know, the biggest thing I considered is what, what was the worst case scenario? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? And there wasn't one. Get like, another job. I could get another job. I could go back to work in the coal mine. I could go get a job, you know, framing houses for somebody. The worst case scenario for me wasn't, wasn't bad. I, I literally didn't care. And I'll think, I still think about that stuff today. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, cause I have more risk, more to risk now, but I'm like, if it all failed, yeah, it would suck, but it's, um, it's kind of fun to start over also. Right. You're like, well, let's just let's do it again and take what I've learned and do it better, you know, and faster. Kind of fun to start over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to, but, but really, you know, if everything hit the fan and I had to move into a single wide trailer with my wife on a, a mattress on the floor, it still wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like the end of the world to me. As long as I had my wife and my kids and my relationships, right? You know, everything else is, you know, kind of comes after that. You know, I'm not saying I want that to happen, but it helps me take risks. Yeah. You know, um, my risks are more calculated now for sure. But for years I, I would risk a lot because I, I really didn't see a downside. Well, and I think that that's what a powerful perspective to say, you know, if things worst case scenario happened, like let's say we hit rock bottom and you are so aligned to say that as long as I have my wife and my kids and my relationships, we could still be happy you know, in a single wide trailer or, or whatever it might be. I, I, I joke all the time that my rock bottom is my dad's basement. So yeah. I'm really grateful that he has a nice big basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I want to unpack that a little bit because I think that that it, it's a, it's an interesting perspective that I think you have of recognizing what's valuable, maintaining hunger to still go you know, pursue these dreams and these passions. I mean, we just before this podcast had a, a meeting about a, a new business idea you have that's, you know, super exciting. And there's these like this like forward momentum with a really grounded, stable foundation that I think if more people could wrap their head, because it's, it's like this idea of, you know, m most men live lives of quiet desperation where I feel like from your seat right now, there's this like comfort in the risk because you've got these relationships in place and that's really what matters. Mm -hmm. It almost like it removes the perceived risk of entrepreneurship or quitting jobs or whatever, because it's not that important. Yeah. The, the relationships are more important anyway. Yeah. Well, I've always been a relationship based person I learned that more and more as I kind of dig into the things that I'm good at but um you know I've lived in a tent for months at a time starting over and I've lived in a single wide trailer and I've lived in my parents basement and and some of those times were the best times of my life you know looking back um but were they at the time yeah no I I really don't you know, I don't have any regrets. You know, there was time my, my wife and I were, were poor enough that we shared a dollar fifty shower and we had five minutes of cold water for both of us to to um, get clean. You know, five minutes of hot water before it went cold. You know, I was in Telluride. We, we lived up there for six months in a tent <clears throat> in our early 20s before we had kids. 
And that, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, it it was definitely some of the best times of my life, you know. But um, I think I think what it comes down to is my hobbies growth. You know, I've thought about I've thought about that a lot. Like I love, I think growth is important, and I think as long as you're growing, then who cares, really? You know, so um, I'm I'm really fascinated with personal growth, and that's what inspires me when I see somebody who's been through like the worst of it and they're still going like they're still gritting it out. They're still toughing it out. Like it doesn't really matter what their what they're really, what their financial state is. What matters is that they're just like, it's crazy to see some people like I, I grew up, you know, talk about support and relationships. I had a really good upbringing, right? Like my parents were married until my, my mom passed. <clears throat> they loved me. You know, I'm, I didn't have any, really hard things when I was a kid. We didn't have a lot of money, but we never knew it, right? There was always food on the table. So, but I see people who have gone through the craziest stuff, right? And they're so gritty. Like, that's awesome to me, you know? And what inspires me to just, you know, keep going. That's what I've learned also, you know, small things done continuously over time or whatever that quote is, you know, that's what gets you that. That's what was my health goal, right? And I learned, like, not to focus on... um your results just focus on your actions focus yeah. on your habits you know just gritting it out but you know i love growth i guess well and the cool thing about growth is that it compounds yeah you know and i, I one of the things that i've been trying to figure out how to articulate so i'll try again now yeah um is that the concept of compounding can apply to every area of our lives you know so obviously you invest it compounds you know and i think pe- most people can kind of wrap their head around that but relationships can compound, mm-hmm. our physical health can compound, and it's that you're that idea that you just mentioned of consistently doing the thing right over a long extended period of time, the results genuinely do compound. Yeah. Across the board. I mean like you work on your marriage consistently. Yeah. You look back and you know 10 years later and it's the exponentially stronger yeah. than it ever was. And or, it works both ways. Yeah. Right? It, like good point. You know there's a book called The Compound Effect. I don't know if you've read that great book, um, but that's what he talks about. You know, if you eat, if I eat a cheeseburger right now, like it's not going to kill me. It's probably it's not even going to affect me if I went and got a cheeseburger on the way home. It'd be great, you know. But if I ate a cheeseburger every day for 20 years, it will kill me, right? And it's the same thing with anything else, you know. Yeah, if I work out for 30 minutes or an hour today. It's not that big of a deal, but that if I do that every day for 20 years, my life's going to be 100 times better than it was, right, if I'm dead from eating a cheeseburger. You know, so it's all those little things that that uh, that add up, you know, and it really is, you know, that's what he that's what he talks about in that book is that it's the little things, and they're easy to do and easy not to do. Mm. But, you know, it's just choices, so. Yeah. Do you feel like... Because I just think it's cool. Uh, you almost project this like stoicism or like calm confidence that a quote comes to mind when, when you're talking about kind of that mindset. And, and it's something that, that resonates with me. But it's basically this idea that I've never met a strong person with an easy past. And that, you know, through these like growth opportunities and trials and adversity, it's actually part of what makes life so amazing and it makes resiliency and stuff because we can, you know, fight our way through them. I, 
just just last weekend I ran my first ever ultra marathon and it was a profound it was actually a life-changing experience for me because in a very real way I realized that we are all capable of so much more than we think mm-hmm. if we just keep going yeah you know and I applied it in the running sense yep. but you know to your your point about sleeping in a tent and overcoming challenges and I know that you know you're you've been in a difficult industry as well with yeah. recessions and interest rates and the real estate market you know mm-hmm. the variables are are huge I love that idea of of just kind of like the consistency yeah. and that you can weather the storm and keep showing up and, mm-hmm. and keep getting it done do you feel like that's something that you learned or that's something that you've kind of always had in your nature or what where do you think that comes from when uh, it, it's definitely learned and learn through experience for me. I think some people get it when they're younger. You know, like I said, my, my childhood was pretty good. But, you know, as you were talking, you know, the last, you know, 20 years or the last 10 years since I've been running my business, it's been, you know, and sometimes the worst times in my life and the hardest times in my life. And, um, you know, I've talked about my wife a lot, but it's amazing how much she's helped me to not stop. I heard a quote years ago, um, what I was saying, the guy just said the biggest success, I can't even remember who it was, but the biggest key to success was just not quitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I couldn't even count how many times that I said I quit or that I wanted to quit or that I told my wife, like, I'm done. You know, I, 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 I bet you it's been more than 10 times where I finished a job and owed the lumberyard $10,000 or $20,000 or more, and I would just talk to the lumberyard and say, hey, I can't pay you you know, let me make payments for six months or, you know, I, I actually have PTSD from looking at my bank account. I still hate to look at it hmm. because there's been so many times where I thought I had 40 or $50,000 in there and I looked in there and it was in the negative or it was empty, you know, back to my good bookkeeping <laughs> skills, right? Not my strong point, but, um, but yeah, that also helps my strength and my confidence is because I know, like I know now that it's not, that that's just part of business. Like cash flow is a part of business. So you're going to, and I I hear stuff, you know, my lumber rep, one of my lumber reps told me, he's like, yeah, those big companies, he's like, he's like, they have bigger problems with cash flow than you would ever think, you know? And he was talking about some of the local big companies that had a hard time paying their lumber bill also. Right. And then you hear stories of guys on podcasts who, almost lost everything. I was just listening to one before I got here about a guy who, you know, <clears throat> had a salesman working for him and paid him his last $22,000 on Christmas Eve for his commission and didn't have any, you know, didn't have a dime to his name, you know, and I couldn't tell you how many times that's happened. Oh yeah. But if you quit, you never know that you never learn that that's just, it's, it'll work out. Like, yeah, it's going to suck and you're probably going to cry and you're probably going to, be mad and you're probably going to yell and, but it all, you know, all you have to do is just keep going, you know, keep a good attitude, keep moving forward. And that's the other thing I know now is like it, it'll work out, you know, one way or the other, you know, so it'll keep going. And especially worst case scenario is a single wide with the people you love. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and there's been times where, you know, you're like, you, you know, you hear people say, you know, never quit, but also know when to quit. And sometimes I'm like, 
have I gotten too used to just like not quitting, right? Like, is this a dumb thing that I'm doing? Is there a better business, you know? And, um, well, I'll share with you. And I, I have the luxury of, by nature of my business, I work with hundreds mm-hmm. of business owners and it's been cool. One of the, the neatest things for me has been since I've gone out on my own, I've gotten to kind of lean into personality traits that used to be perceived as weaknesses, I think, in kind of the corporate setting. Yeah. Um, I'm spontaneous. I lean into emotion. I lead with heart, you know, like yeah. all these things. Mm-hmm. Love having these conversations. Yeah. And by nature, what that's allowed me to do is like really connect mm-hmm. with a lot of business owners. And it's worth everyone knowing that every single business owner feels that in every industry, in every business, you know, across the board. And it's been, it's been interesting to see because I feel like, especially when I get to talk to entrepreneurs, the, the challenges and the adversity, there's a lot of parallels actually between physical fitness, people that pursue physical fitness and people and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parallels because it's like getting comfortable in the uncomfortable and knowing that pain is growth and, you know, putting in the work. Yeah. There, it's, it's funny because at Ascent Digital, we have had more ups and downs than, you know, I can imagine. Like Brittany and I were just talking the other day. It's like, if you added up what we've been through in the last two years, it's a lifetime worth of adversity. Yeah. You know, in, in 19 months. And, and almost now there's this like calm confidence that when it's hard, we're like, oh, we, yeah. we've been through worse, you know, that I, I can get through that too. Or that didn't, even that didn't stop us. Yeah. You know, now we yeah. can. And I think it's been interesting because there's this shared experience that happens with entrepreneurs that then I think translates to life Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Like you get good at being under stress or uncertainty, you Mm -hmm. know, like you mentioned the bank account thing. Like I think that it's almost something I wish more people got the chance to explore or to experience. Because when you've got the, you know, that's that idea of like you you don't understand until you've done it. Like I can't explain to somebody how stressful it is to know that I might not make payroll next week yep. or that I did make payroll, but I cut, I skipped my check, yep. Yep. you know, like yep. next level stressors. But the result of that is that you end up like prepared to overcome other adversity in a more strong way. Yep. And I think the same applies to physical fitness. So I'm kind of curious because, you know, your, your physical fitness journey, it's, it's a visible one. Yep. You know, I, I can yep. see it sitting in front of me. Do you feel like that has, I'll call it trickled into, but like had other benefits into other areas of your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, for one, and I think a lot of people feel this way that that exercise it's it's a form of meditation, right? So, um, I don't I don't do a lot of the hobbies that I used to do, but you know when I the second I step into the gym, you know everything goes goes out the window so for one it's a form of meditation it's a quick way to forget about you know the world and what's going on um you know another thing that's really interesting at least in the gym I go to it's really interesting because I would say 70 probably 70 to 80 percent of the the active gym goers are entrepreneurs and business owners or real estate agents and it's really I'm, I'm super surprised on how many of the people that are the most active in the gym are also some of the busiest people that you know. And I think when you hold 
yourself in a high priority. It also helps you to, you know, like I'm not going to miss my workout. You know, I joke about it all the time. Um, My wife's, you know, even more diligent. And um, when we travel, you know, I, I, I always give her a hard time, you know, cause I'm, she's, she's, she's not going to miss a workout. Should we have to stay in a motel where the, where the gym is or, or whatever. Um, but to me, it's been amazing to me to watch the same thing happen with myself. You know, I tease her all the time, but the same thing, like, um, you know, it's just a part of who I am now to go do something, you know, today I, I rode my bike for you know, took my mountain bike out for 10 miles before I came. And it's awesome to see a year ago, I couldn't have made that trip in an hour and a half or two hours. And I made it in 10 or an hour today. And um, it's neat to see that progress. So I mean, I don't know, I just think that it the confidence really, you know, to answer your question, I guess, is when you start seeing results from your diet, and you start seeing results from your your exercise that you've put in you carry yourself differently you know people see you and they people notice and you know I can't tell you how many compliments I've had over the last you know year or two of just the way I'm carrying myself just the way I act just the way I you know I'm 10 times more confident the sad thing is I didn't realize that I wasn't confident before I always thought I was a confident person and I think I was to a point otherwise I wouldn't have done the things that I've done, you know, but my confidence is, you know, definitely 10 times what it was, you know, I feel more empowered to do, you know, whatever. I went on a mountain bike ride a couple of weeks ago in Moab that I shouldn't have been on. Um, and I cramped up for two hours. I rode through cramps and, um, but that I, I couldn't, you know, two or three years ago, they would have had to bring a Jeep or a chopper to get me, right? Like I couldn't have done it, you know? So it's neat to be able to say, yeah, let's go and we'll figure it out. And you know, you're not going to die out there, you know? So I think it's fascinating that you say you didn't realize that you weren't as confident. And I'm wondering how, you know, cause one of my missions with this whole show is to inspire people and like, hopefully we, we convey some messages to people that, you know, spur action and, and some self-reflection and things like that. And I think that that's a fascinating point you just brought up because I've seen it in my life as well. I've always been a confident person. I think the best way I could explain it would be like, there's different layers to me, mm-hmm. you know, to, to this whole idea of like holistic greatness or, or growth. Yeah. And it's like, this layer is good. But then you break through it, and then you realize there's another layer. Mm-hmm. And then you realize there's another layer. And it's not like that necessarily – in fact, when, when Dr. Miller was on the, the show, he even asked me, he's like, what, how, what would your life have been like if you didn't resign from your job? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is it would have been a good life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would have stayed in the corner office. I would have kept the salary, and, and I would have had a good life. I didn't realize how great it could be through all of the challenges. And that's this, I think, kind of conflicting realities is that, and I think that's why it's interesting that at the gym, you see a lot of kind of entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. you know, minded people working on their physical fitness as well, because it's like you realize in so many different aspects of your life that it can be better. 
Like yeah. it, and you don't know necessarily how yet. Mm-hmm. You just know that you know through work and discipline and and commitment. Yeah, this next evolution can come. I just think it's so fascinating to hear you say that you didn't realize that you weren't confident only now that you like yeah. have this next level of confidence. Yeah, no, it is. And it, it took me a while to realize that. And the other thing that I realized is that it was, you know, and I tell people this all the time and sometimes I'm blunt with people who are overweight, you know, and I'm like, you're just lying to yourself. And I told myself lies for years, you know, I've always been a big guy, you know, and, and even in my thirties, you know, I weighed 260 pounds. I could, I could touch a basketball rim with ease up until I was probably 38, you know? And um, I I literally thought that if I lost 50 pounds that I would be jacked and ripped, you know? And then I lost 50 pounds and I still was fat, you know? And I still didn't look as good as I wanted to look, you know? And I just realized to my, like, I was just, I would tell people, well, <clears throat> I don't eat that bad or I eat really healthy or my wife, because my wife's always been a health nut. She's always cooked with as much like all natural or organic food. Well, it doesn't really matter if it's healthy, if you eat three portions, right? So, (laughs) I mean, so it's crazy when I look back at the lies that I tell myself and I hear, I hear family members and I hear people I say, people I know say that all the time. Oh, you know, I barely eat anything, you know, yet they're 50 pounds overweight, you know, and I don't mean to sound hard. In fact, I feel for people like that because I know, looking back how actually unconfident they are. And I know how hard it is to like walk into a room to be overweight and to feel uncomfortable. And I can see right through it. Like when I see somebody walk in, I can just see it immediately because I've been there. So I feel for them, but I also know that they're probably telling themselves lies. Right. I, I think it's a natural protection. You know, it's like kids. I'll think every kid you talk to is probably the best at whatever sport they're playing. Right even though they might be really bad at it. If you ask them, they think they're the best. You know, I think there's some sort of natural protection there. Yeah, which, you know, has unintended consequences, does a disservice. You know, that yeah. that, that idea of protecting, I think, does yeah. more harm mm-hmm. than good. I'm curious, what's the narrative you tell yourself now? Um, one thing I thought of a minute ago, I, you know, as you talked about, like, growth, and once you get to one place, then there's another. I love... Um, the what they call it the law of relativity, you know. And it, it's really interesting because everything's really relative, you know, how I'm doing now financially, <clears throat> relative to what I was doing, you know, five years ago, is better. But to where I want to be, I still feel like I'm not making nearly as much money as I want to make, right? Same with my health. You know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, if I would have known that I look like I do now, three years ago when I started losing weight, I'd have been like, that would be awesome. I'd love to look like that. But when I look in the mirror now, I'm still not satisfied, right? I, and I think there's some danger to that. There's one guy that talks about, <clears throat> his name's Dan Sullivan, about never getting to the horizon. And there's danger in that, right? You set a goal, and once you get to that goal, there's another goal. And that can be discouraging, right? It can, to me, it also excites me because I know there's never, you're never there. Like once you reach one place, there's always something else to reach for, right? So I think that can be discouraging, but I also think that to me that, that makes for like growth, like, 
you never can stop growing. You never can get better. Do you know Ed Milet? Yeah. Did you ever listen to him? Yep. He was saying the other day, he's like, well, I'm not bragging, but he's like, my household expenses are a million dollars a month, right? And and it's just all relative. I, I just love it. Like, for him, that's what his living expenses are, is a million dollars a month, you know? And I'm like, you could look at that however you want. You know, maybe you could think, oh, that guy's living excessively. But I don't think that with Ed Milet. The guy's a great guy, right? Well, and but. I think that the grounded perspective you have, you know, coming back to you had mentioned, like, you'd still be happy if it all goes mm-hmm. away and you, as long as you still have, you know, your wife and your kids. I think that that grounded perspective likely removes some of the danger of that horizon dilemma, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it, it then allows you to be grounded and grateful, happy, fulfilled, whatever yeah. you want to call it, while also maintaining ambition, and drive and hunger and yeah. you know the 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 bar can move in a healthy way yeah because there which I think is important for for people to recognize too because if you're always chasing that horizon the goal is always moving and and that's the measurement yeah that's one of the things so uh, a concept that has come to light through all of these conversations and there's been multiple of it and one day I'll learn how to articulate it well. But it's been this idea that you can use whatever you want to motivate you. Chip on your shoulder, mm-hmm. money, the promotion. Like, use whatever yeah. you want to motivate you. But don't use it as the measurement of success. Yeah. Is your life aligned with your values? That should be your measurement of success. Yeah. So you've got, you know, and, and that's where I think it ties in to this perspective you're sharing of that grounded nature that I also think is fascinating mm-hmm. and, and unique to know that it'll all be okay if it all goes away, as long as I have my family, mm-hmm. but I also want to make a million dollars a month. Sure. You know, yeah, and like exactly. that, that yep. balance I think is powerful because it positions you to be able to make moves in a healthy way. Because if you're chasing the measurement, if the income is how you determine your fulfillment of life, if the status, the social status, yeah. if that's what the measurement is, that's dangerous. Yep. And then the horizon idea can be scary. Yep. But if you can stay motivated and eyes to the horizon while grounded and grateful, man, yeah, you're on to something. No, no, I think, and you know, I've had to really dig deep to, to figure out what my why is. You know, there's, there's one guy I listened to quite a bit. Um, oh, man, I can't remember his name. Anyhow, he was in mid-century, and he recorded a, um, a great speech. I'll send it to you. But one thing he says in there is that success is the continuous pursuit of a worthy ideal. And I've always really liked that because success is just chasing your goals, basically. That's all it is. As long as whatever your goal is, whatever your worthy ideal is, as long as you're working towards that, then you're successful. <clears throat> doesn't matter what it is. You know, if you want to be a teacher and you're becoming a teacher, you're successful, you know. And I've always liked that. But, you know, for me, one of my biggest whys, like I said earlier, has been, you know, time freedom. Um, I want to be able to do what I want you know, with when I want, with who I want. Um, also, self-reliance is really important to me, but that's in all aspects of life, right? Like, I want to be self-reliant spiritually. I want to be self-reliant financially. I want to be self-reliant uh, health-wise, right? I don't want to have to rely on anyone to tell me what to do or how to do it. You know, I don't want anyone saying, this is what you have to do, you know? And I've never been a money-oriented person, 
you know, it, in fact, to this day, it makes me awkward. I do make financial goals, um, but it's it's awkward for me to be like, hey, I want to have like right now. My net worth is my goal is to be to have a net worth of a hundred million dollars, right? Which is crazy, right? I, I read a book called Ten X is Easier Than Two X by Dan Sullivan, and um, uh, Hardy is he. I don't know if you've read that great book, um, but they talk about setting a goal that makes you uncomfortable, and that's why that's my goal is because. 10 million was my goal, but to be honest with you, I, I don't feel like that's like, I'm not there, but I don't feel like that's that impossible, you know, to be, to say, I want my net worth to be a hundred million. That's crazy. And I don't even like to say it. It feels awkward, right? Like I'm like, okay, but <clears throat> you know, in this day and age, you know, a hundred million is not what it used to be. I mean, a million is not not much to have a net worth of a million bucks. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a number, but for me, the lifestyle I think is what I just have to work backwards. Yeah. Well, and I love that, you know, setting enormous goals. The great thing about setting an enormous goal is, is that if you fall short, you still do. So I, when I ran that ultra, I put out to the world that my goal was to run a hundred miles Yeah. and it was vulnerable for me because yeah. I had never ran more than 26.2. I've ran yeah, a marathon and I thought I'm going to run at a hundred miles. Yeah. Um, and I ended up finishing the run at 65.6 miles. That's insane. But I don't think I would have ran 65.6 miles had I not set my goal on a hundred miles. Yeah. And what's been interesting about it. And I think it relates to all goals, mm -hmm. even the net worth goal or income yeah. or whatever is that by setting the bar that high, one, I learned how huge the goal is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I have a new appreciation for the goal. Yeah. But I also learned that it is doable. Yeah. And now I'm 10 times, I'm hungrier than I've ever, I yeah. will run 100 miles yeah. in less than 24 hours by the end of 2024. That's it's a, awesome. It's going to happen. Yeah. Because I learned a lot, though, along the way. And I think that there's some power in, like, but it also ties into that idea of being grounded mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times people are reluctant to set huge goals because of the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. When, you know, come, kind of coming back to our, our conversation, and I think that that very fascinating sort of dichotomy that you have in your life of this hunger and groundedness, you can set huge goals when the groundedness is there as well because if you fall short of it, yeah. that's not what you're measuring, mm -hmm. you know, your life fulfillment on. Yep. It's like, I'm going to chase that because I'm chasing it. Yeah. But if you end up, you know, with a net worth of 90 million, I'm sure you'll yeah, be yeah. happy. Yeah, who cares, right? <laughs> Even 50 million. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I've always loved that saying, um, you know, becoming a millionaire isn't about becoming a millionaire. It's about who you become, mm -hmm. right? And being that I'm, you know, a personal growth guy, I, I love personal growth. And I love that. To me, the reason I want to have a net worth of $100 million isn't really to have $100 million in the bank. It's just because I know the journey that's going to get me there is going to be probably awesome but also probably really hard right like and i don't like to think about that like anyone else does i don't want adversity in my life you know but you know that it's not going to come easy right you know you're going to have times when you want to quit or this is stupid or it's not worth it or i can't do it you know but you also know if you keep going that you're just going to keep getting closer yeah you know? is it is that why then you know kind of because we, we talked about you know the book and that transition moment because one thing I'm curious is it, certainly a safer path would be for you to, you know, go into the trades, make six figures, 
stack some into the stock market. You know, like you, yeah. you could do the. I think I get. I just. I really do get bored really quickly. Like I, I, I struggle with that every day in life, and I think that's also just part of my personality. Like I literally couldn't handle working the same job for. 20 or 30 years it would drive me nuts even a couple years you know as it when I was younger <clears throat> I became a really I'm a framer by trade and I came a, became a really good framer quickly but part of that was because I wasn't good at holding down a job I couldn't handle working for the same job for maybe a year mostly six months but I worked in you know four or five different states for 20 different contractors and I would pick something up everywhere I went and I would learn and then after I framed for five years, I was I was a better framer than most guys that have been framing for 10 years just because I knew 10 different tricks, right? Because I would frame with a guy, and he'd been framing with the same guy for 10 years, and all he knew was what that guy taught him, you know. But my experience, even though people are like, man, you've had a lot of jobs. I don't know if I want to hire you. And I'm like, well, maybe you're right. But I, I had a lot of confidence, and and because of that, I was able to – you know, learn quickly, you know, and learn different stuff. But I, I just don't think I'm glad I wasn't, you know, born in the fifties where you were expected to, you know, work a factory job and, and retire. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And even like we're talking about that other business idea today, that's just part of my, I drive my wife nuts. You know, she's learned to just be like, okay, whatever, honey, because every week I have a different idea. Yeah. You know? So another thing I think is, that's interesting that I'm picking up on through our conversation and I want you to, I want to hear more about it from you because it seems that you have this ability to get new information and then implement it into your life. Whether it's like the 10 different framing jobs and learning some tricks or I, one of the things I think is really unique is that you read that book and then made a drastic change. I think there's a lot of people that get the information but for whatever reason, don't act on it. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear, first of all, if that's a safe assumption of me to be making of you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, help me understand that a little bit more because it, it does seem like you're the type of guy that gets new info and then applies it. Yeah, that, I think that's one of my, <clears throat> I don't know, you could call it an area of genius or or you could call it a, you know, a bad personality trait. You know, I'm, I'm really... Depends on the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm really spontaneous. Um, I, I actually took a personality test once and it said I was a fast starter and it made a lot of sense to me because I've always been like that, you know, and I think, I think that's probably a big personality trait, to be honest with you. I just, um, I love getting stuff going, you know, even in my construction business now, I'm, like I said, I'm a framer by trade. By the time we start breaking ground and then especially framing I'm, I actually don't care if I ever go to that job again you know I'm I'm really a front-end guy and I've learned that about myself you know I can finish projects but that's not my strong point you'll meet people that are really good at finishing jobs they can't even focus or they can't function in their life until that job's finished I only finish jobs because it's the right thing to do you know because I don't want it because I want a good reputation but it's not because I want to you know, I, I'd rather start 20 jobs and let someone else finish it. So it's like you, you get know? the info and you're like, I've got to put this somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a hard time with conversations with people, too. I'm a really fast processor. It drives my wife nuts because she's actually, she's the opposite. She's the person that's going to read the, the manual front to back. And she's going to, you know, I'm like, okay, sounds good. Let's do it right now. 
you know, and she's the opposite. So we make a good, good mix there, but I'll, I'll have a conversation with someone and I'll get the information I need and I will interrupt them with another question before they finish answering my first question. Cause you're already thinking ahead yeah. to the next yeah. thing. And, and I just, I process things really quickly and I'm just ready to move on. And anytime I start anything, um, and it's funny because even back to high school sports, like I would start off really strong. You know, I would get a varsity position even as a freshman in high school or sophomore. I mean, I went to a small school. I wasn't like a super awesome athlete, but I was a good athlete and I'd always get the starting position. But a lot of times I would lose that starting position by the end of the year because I was just kind of over it, you know. So I've always just been a, a fast starter, you know, just let's go, let's jump in and and um, so I'm learning now, you know, through studying and through learning things that that you should do things you're good at. Right. So that's kind of I'm not a detail oriented person. You know, I just like to get stuff going and and then find the right people to keep it going. Yeah, I guess. You know. Yeah. So. Why? Why then do you think you've been able to stick with fitness? Um, I think I think I just. You know, I think, well, early on I was really, like a lot of people are really results-oriented, right? Like I, And I, I did lost, like I'd lose like 10 pounds in a couple of weeks sometimes, like really quickly. But then I would quit losing it. Um, I think I've just learned to embrace the process of it. And now now I don't, I don't really go to the gym to get big. I, I, I love it that I'm gaining muscle and that I'm, I'm starting to see muscle. But I just go to the gym, I feel like, just because it's who I am and it's the right thing to do, you know. Um, it puts me in a peak mind. I know if I go there, I'm going to feel better when I leave, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, you know. I think I think it's just some. It's just been a, a good habit, you know. And, and I'm not where I want to be really either, you know. So I know I got a while more of grinding it out, you know, but, and I'm scared to death to lose it, to be honest with you, scared to death. You know, when I see people or I see pictures of myself, you know, that's probably one of my biggest fears is falling back into, to where I was, you know. It's almost like, like with the miracle morning and, you know, going to the gym or whatever that you've sort of figured out these things that contribute to the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I'm going to stick with that. Cause I, I, you even mentioned with exercise, you've got a sharper mind yeah. and yep. you know, you're performing optimally when you do yeah. these, these things. Yeah. Well, what I've learned in most successful people that you talk to will have some sort of morning routine and, and or meditation. Um, but it's, it's part of living on purpose. You know, you have to be intentional with your life, you know, if you're not intentional, you're not on purpose and you're not going to go anywhere. I love the, the, I don't, I can't even tell you who it was. I'm full of quotes that, that I don't know who said them, but, um, there's a guy who talks about a ship leaving a Harbor without a destination or without a crew. You know, you just, they just turn on the motors and send it out of the Harbor. That ship will never reach its destination, you know, but if you give it a crew and a destination, you know, it's going to get there 99 times out of a hundred, you know, and that's, it's amazing to me how many people don't have a destination, don't have a plan, don't have a goal. You know, I talked to, I have four or, uh, yeah, four boys 
two of them are in high school right now and I talk to their friends all the time. I'm like, well, what are you going to do after high school? And they're like, ah, I'm just going to go with the flow, you know, just wherever the road takes me, you know, and, um, that's a tough age granted, you know, to make that decision. But <clears throat> I run into adults all the time also who don't have a goal. And, um, I've spent half of my life looking for my goal and I still don't know what I want to do, but you have to have something in between, right? You have to have like, this is what I'm going to do. And then that might change, but then you can work towards that. But, um, another book, uh, and I think they call it interview with the devil. Have you ever read that? I haven't. Oh man. Great book. Talks about how basically, um, you know, how the devil or Lucifer preys on people who don't have a destination and who don't have clarity of where they're going. It was written by the same guy who wrote Think and Grow Rich. Awesome. Yeah. I'll add that to the list. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's one of the best books I've read recently. It's, Living uh, on Purpose. Yeah. I'm, I like, that's one of the best quotes I've ever heard. And, yeah. And I, and I love that because it's so true. Yeah. And I can totally see how, you know, if, if you're living without a purpose or a goal or a destination, that you can fall victim to these other things, whether it's the devil or you know temptation or yeah. complacency or whatever it might be. But when you've got a purpose, mm-hmm. and a goal, and a direction, yeah. it helps you focus. Mm-hmm. It helps you understand why you're doing the hard things. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like it almost even justifies the journey because you know you're headed somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've told my wife that forever, and I've even told and it, and I don't not in an arrogant way, but you know that. I'm headed somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure where. That's but right. But I do know that I'm headed there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going a certain direction. Yeah. An upward trajectory yeah. in life. And, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about that, of aligning yourself with, with people that are aiming upwards. That's right. As opposed yeah. to, you know, aiming downwards. Yeah. But, man, life without a purpose. Yeah. Living without a purpose. How profound. What a profound statement. Yeah. No, it really is. And, and, and I... I even find more ways that that applies. You know, I, I listened to a guy speak in Moab a couple of weeks ago, and he he challenged everyone to always um, – he's a really fit guy, really into um, diet and health. Um, but he was like, you always have to enter – he said, find a race today and enter it, enter into it. You know, and and which I've never been a person – like, I don't really – I don't want to run like you do. You know, I have no desire to run. I like to ride my bike. But um, <clears throat> that being said, I'm like, I need to find something to compete in, whether it's an adventure race or whether it's a mountain bike ride, because it's the same thing. It gives you a goal. It gives you something to train for. It gives you something, you know, so I can answer the question, why do you still go to the gym? Well, I'm training for a, a competition, you know? Yeah. I noticed today I'm signing up for a new ultra like tonight I yeah. because I noticed that until like I have this almost like nervous energy mm-hmm. around it. And if I'll just sign up, I can focus back in. Yeah. And you know, like the the decision will be removed, and mm-hmm. the the I know that, and I think that that applies, you know, metaphorically to so many other yep. facets of life. But it's like, you gotta show up. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so I'm gonna sign up, and then, yeah. uh, you know, then I can I can get back to focusing on things or training for it or whatever it might be instead of like dreaming big and looking at maps and yeah. reading, you know, doing, fooling myself with the decision process. And I think that's an important takeaway too, is talking about doing the thing is not doing the thing. Yeah. Planning to do the thing is not doing the thing. Yeah. 
doing the thing yeah. is doing the thing. Yeah. And that's what I think it kind of ties into the this observation I've had of you through this conversation that you're able to get new information and turn it into action. Mm-hmm. And then you do the thing. Yeah. Like you, you've learned that, you know, these things po- contribute positively to your life or you, you know, read a book that, that triggers some change. Yeah. And I think that it's powerful that then you do the thing. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. No, it really is. And I, you know, like I said, I think that does have a lot to do with my personality. You know, some people want to, want to, um, and I think it's actually probably better to, to not go big or go home. But for me, that motto fits me well, is just to go, go big or go home. You know, I have friends who, who I encourage all the time just to get a small win, right? Like, don't set a goal to go to the gym for six days a week. You know, maybe set a gym to go to the gym for two days a week or three days a week and stop eating sugar, right? Like, just keep it small. But for me, and I'm still this way, like, I can't, uh, you know, I drink a lot of caffeine. You know, I drink a couple you know, I call them healthy energy drinks, you know, but I drink a couple energy drinks every day, probably before nine o'clock. Right. And <clears throat> it's a, you know, it's a huge addiction. I can't, I've gone cold Turkey off of caffeine and I have to do that. I can't just drink like a Coke or I can't just drink a tea with, you know, 50 milligrams of tat caffeine in it. I have to be, it, for me, it's always been all or nothing, yeah. you know, and it's the way it is with my diet too. You know, if I'm, if I'm like, well, I'm just going to eat good, then I'll, yeah, I'll eat good, but I'll eat twice as much as I should, you know? So for me, it has to be extreme, right? Like I'm like, okay, I have to count my calories and I have to, if I'm going to really be diligent, um, you know, you could call it lack of self-discipline or whatever, but it, it's kind of one way or the other uh, for my personality, you know? Well, I think it's actually even more self-aware because you learn about yourself. It's a lot of the same thing. More information and put it into action. Yeah. You know, you learn that it's an all or nothing thing. I'm similar in that sense. I I quit drinking and I don't drink anymore. That's awesome. And I'm just not going to because I can't have one or two. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm the all or nothing type of guy. Yeah. And I learned enough about myself to then turn that into action and say, that's awesome. You know, going to just stick with it. So I actually think that uh, it, that it's a positive trait to be that self-aware mm-hmm. and to apply it. Yeah. You know, cause you obviously do that in so many different, so many different areas of your life anyway. Yep. I, I, I think that's one thing that's really key to personal growth. And I think that's been a key to my growth over the last four or five years is being self-aware. Right. I, I feel bad about how, like I have, I don't have a lot of regrets. In fact, I'd say overall I don't have any regrets because I, I am who I am today because of mistakes I've made. But, you know, I can remember sitting in my bathtub, actually, and having the, the, the light go on of how much of my life I've wasted by not <clears throat> living to my highest and best use, right? Like, okay, I've been, like you said, I, I did the same thing you know, why, why don't you, you know, just do the same thing and have the steady life. I just, I did that for long enough. Even as a business owner, I was wondering why I wasn't making more money. Well, it was because I was doing the same thing for 10 years. And I just, it occurred to me like, oh my gosh, like, and you hear that all the time. Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting things to change. And I'd heard that a thousand times, but when it really clicked in, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, believe 
I've wasted half of my life doing essentially the same thing and expecting my life to change, right? And I don't know, it's, it's, and since then, you know, I'm like, I can tell when I'm out of control with my kids. It's not that I don't get out of control, you know, I, I have hard times with my kids. I, I yell at my, my teenage boys and, and get after them. And there's times when I'm not a good dad, right? <clears throat> or I'm not a good husband. But the key is, is being aware, right? Be like, oh, that was really bad, you know, and then I'll go apologize and, and move on. But you know, self-awareness is, I would say, that's a huge factor in personal growth, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Josh, thank you so much. Yeah. For coming on, Thanks sharing for some story, yeah. sharing some wisdom. Um, I want you to know that what you're doing matters and that people notice. So keep putting in the work. It was so fun to see you at the gym and not recognize you. Like, what a great, yeah. you know, what a great thing. Um, and I just want to thank you so sincerely. I'm, I'm very glad to know you. You're a great example. And, uh, and it's fun to see you, you know, practicing what you preach and putting it into work and, and getting it done. So I do have a, um, it's becoming tradition. Oh, nice. But I've got an inspired by example shirt yeah. for you Awesome. that I want you to have because the life Sweet. you are living is inspiring others through your example. And it's important that you're aware of that because we need more of it. Yeah. And more people that are spreading positivity and growth and, you know, just, just all of the good messages that you are. And so I, I just thank you a ton for yeah. sharing some of them with me today too. No, I appreciate that. And I'd like to, you know, re return the compliment, honestly, ever since I, I met you, however long ago it was in B, B and I, you know, I've always, I'm like, man, that dude, he's going to. I guarantee you he's going to go somewhere. You know, you definitely have a, I think that's one thing that um, you, the energy that you bring, you know, to your work is definitely, um, you know, unmatched, you know, and I think it's, I think it's awesome. And uh, I love it that you Murph every Monday and that you, I mean, you inspire me. I'm like, holy crap, man. That's, I Murph once a year and, and I almost <laughs> die. So, I mean, the stuff you're doing is pretty, it's definitely inspirational. So I'm, I'm honored to be, your friend and i'm honored to to be here so appreciate that thank you yeah. I, it means a ton coming yeah. from you yeah thank you sweet awesome right on